Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast. It's the podcast, the podcast. Oh, that's the talk. What you talking over me for, log? What you talking over me for? I ain't. I waited till you finish. <laughs> I mean, realistically, we're not going to carry that's on going. with this, are we? This is it. You're in this it now. This is it. Yeah. Family, all I'm talking like this. <laughs> 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 you look so worried by your own noise. Yeah, I can't hear how loud I am because of my deafness. <laughs> Welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that's the same every week. My name is Steve Hogarty, host and owner of the Regular Features Podcast. <laughs> and I'm joined by my sons, Jonathan Blythe. There you call me log, don't you? I'm going to tell you about what it's like to be daredevil. <laughs> I like that you weren't introducing a feature. That's just how you introduce yourself <laughs> to oh, people. <laughs> uh, Joe, what's your feature? I'm going to do something <laughs> about Guy Fieri. Do you mind not doing annoying voices so early on in the podcast? Yeah, we're really driving people I'm, away from the, the, yeah. the comforting roost. Well, I'm going to do a little something about a chef. Oh, that's very nice and quiet. That's good. People are pressing their earphones against their head with that one. That's it. They've just had to remove them, and then we've got really quiet. <laughs> really? Keeping them on their again. toes. And I've got a selection of chocolate riddles, gastronomic conundra, for you to <laughs> wrap your ears and brain and lobes around. Brains have lobes. More than one? They've got two lobes? You, got well, got a, you wouldn't say frontal lobe unless there was one at the back either, would you? Rectal lobe. lobe. <laughs> Rectal <laughs> lobe. That's my favourite, my favourite bit of loot in WoW. <laughs> uh, let's go. <laughs> hey! Regular features. We are best friends. But you wouldn't know. Because you've no friends. How familiar are you with Guy Fieri? Scary Fieri? What do you th- consider Guy Fieri's most defining characteristics? He looks like a goomba. <laughs> and he talks about food on the, on the television. On a, a TV channel that a lot of people I follow on Twitter seem to have, but I definitely don't. I've never seen him present a TV show all I know is that he looks like what I imagine his food looks like. Yes, that's like a, a very good way of putting it. A, sort of like a cartoon parody of food. Large and with a small with yellow a small, crown small on it. But a nose that you just want to poop. <laughs> just want to what? Poop. Oh, I see. <laughs> he looks like um, Gordon Ramsay in Sum 41. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's going to take a few seconds to imagine. Oh, it did. Yes, it did. And you know what? Brilliant. Uh, what you've inadvertently done is stumbled into the trap that everyone stumbles into, which is making fun of Guy Fieri based on his looks. Oh. Guy Fieri seems nice to me, and I don't understand why the internet hates his guts. I read one that was by a food critic, a serious food critic, reviewing his restaurant, and mm. it was so sneery it's... and, oh, fuck you, that I decided I wanted to like him. That may come up later. Good. Oh. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was his uh, Guy's American Bar and Kitchen in Times Square, yeah. where a man asked 34 rhetorical questions of Guy Fieri, 
as to why his restaurant was so bad, instead of actually reviewing the restaurant. What? It was really weird. <laughs> Did he ask them directly to his face or in the form of a review? No, he just said, a review. Guy, have you ever eaten at your restaurant? And then asks him a lot of other questions about it. Oh, as a rhetorical mm. device within the review. Yes. Rather than, are you really annoying to be asked rhetorical questions over and over again? Yeah, because they go, like, who do you uh, excuse me, I, I haven't finished all of the questions I don't want you to answer. <laughs> uh, who do you think you are? You will get your turn, Guy. Just let me finish. Um, and number 48, where do you get off? <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of things about Guy Fieri that I think are quite nice. I think his show's all right. I think his catchphrases are not good. I don't know his catchphrases. Fine. Things like, he'll say things like, That's going to blow your tongue out. Like, uh, that's a steak you can wrap your teeth around. Weirdly <laughs> close. <laughs> things like boom shakalaka. Oh, no, or calling that's not things, real, is it? Or calling things that's gangster. Shaggy. He does a lot of things that a dad would say to kind of maybe get cool with his kids, but then his kids would hate it and he'd embrace it. And I think that's fine. He thinks, so yeah, so he says things are gangster. He refuses to pronounce the word Worcestershire and says which is just a good joke. I find that endearing. That's really nice. Uh, he's a major proponent of same sex marriage. I found out today in my research. He, he had his way. He officiated 101 gay marriages in one day. Really? That's one for every yeah. Dalmatian. <laughs> And their gay dog partners. <laughs> uh, and he changed his name from Ferry to Fieri, and people are like, "Ah, oh, what a what a big like cop off." And he changed, <laughs> I don't know what the term his, is. He changed his first name from Gay to Guy. He used to be a gay ferry, <laughs> just carrying <laughs> Dalmatians back and forth to a wedding venue. <laughs> Uh, but it turns out that was in honour of his immigrant great-grandfather who was forced to change it to Ferry because no one could say Fieri in the olden days. Oh. So he's a good guy and I think he gets a lot of shit. And as such, I've tracked down three completely true stories about shit that he's had to deal with in his life. The first is called Guy Fieri wanted to buy some nice meat. Guy Fieri wanted to buy some nice meat for a barbecue he was holding. It was his daughter's favourite meat, ribs. He went to his local Ralph's, which is a shop in Southern California. I know, because it's in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> and found a big rack of ribs and some kicking barbecue sauce to pour on those long babies. With a spring in his step, he approached the checkout. That's when it started. With a flick of the eyes up to his recently re-bleached tips, the cashier sneered. Hello, Mr. Fieri. Well, it's sure nice to be recognized. That puts the Shamalama in Ding Dong. <laughs> Hello to you. M. Night Shalayamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> Hello to you. What's your name? Are you hoping to buy those meats? Er, uh, yeah. The checkout assistant pulled out one of those long microphones that are only used for tannoys. I need a manager at checkout three because there's a fat pig trying to take our goods to Flavortown. <laughs> a sour-faced manager shuffled over, took one look at Fieri's shirt, which depicts a Chinese dragon driving a big car, which itself is shooting smaller Chinese dragons out of its eight exhaust pipes, and smiled a cruel smile. Ah, Mr. Fieri. <laughs> I've run out of voices already. <laughs> I hear you're trying to take our ribs to Flavortown. 
I just want... I'm afraid we can't <laughs> let you do that. It would be an insult to the great name of Ralph to allow a person such as you to sample his ribs. Give them to me. Fieri handed the ribs over, and the manager pretended that the sheer weight of them had toppled him over like he was the car in the Flintstones' closing credits. <laughs> assassination! Assassination! <laughs> yelled the manager. Fieri saw dozens of eyes swivel towards him, and in confusion, booked it. Which is to leave. <laughs> Just like another it. day in the life. <laughs> Poor like, Guy Fieri. I like the fact you've written a script, but decided to do it one man. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough lines for you to. <laughs> so I was take like, the pressure off your limited voice vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> Chapter 2. Guy Fieri had to shit. Guy Fieri had to shit because he'd been in his red-hot convertible for hours. His guts ached with need and he was sweating through his jorts through sheer sphincter control like a danger kegel. Despite his love for the open road, this highway didn't hold nothing for him and what he was about to serve was anything but bomb.com tasty. He laughed at that is thought. That, is that one of his catchphrases? Yes. This is the bomb.com. So was, he puts the Shamalama in Ding Dong. <laughs> I looked glad, at a just, list of his catchphrases. I'm just staying true to him here. <laughs> he laughed at that thought, but it almost pushed a bit out. So he thought about how his daughter would be sad that he didn't have ribs for the barbecue. And that made him cry a little. A tear funneled down his cigarette-thin goatee strips and onto the little blonde bit in the middle of his beard. It caught the light of the sun, and through a miracle of refraction, shot a beam of light onto a sign by the side of the road. Drive in diner dive, left turn. Finally, some good luck. Fieri made the turn, and saw the chrome construction of his dreams. He parked, shuffled into the restaurant and spotted the patron. Hey amigo, can I make use of your restroom? I'll buy a milkshake when I'm done. The proprietor interrupted. I've added to make clear the change in voice. I think that would be obvious from your amazing voice work. Well, here we go. Clap yourself, cookery man. Clap yourself like you deserve. And the friendly-faced old proprietor pulled out a gun. Fieri ran out, which only made the ache worse. He looked around for a solution. Anything to avoid leaving his own festival of funk in a car park. He patted his pockets. Where was his wallet? Was there a receipt he could catch it in? Clink, clink. His dozens of rings, shaped like the Quicksilver clothing brand logo, had met glass. Tucked in the back cargo pocket was the bottle of kickin' barbecue sauce he'd forgotten to leave at the Ralph's. Moaning in horror at what had to be done, he dumped out lashings of sweet tang onto the asphalt, reached the almost empty bottle around his back, and placed its opening to his own. At that moment, a voice from a passing SUV's open window screamed, <laughs> Flavor Town! And Fieri's start of surprise sent the glass bottle into his body. <laughs> oh no. Oh wait. Oh no. He whispered. Whispered, whimpered, as he unwittingly released his own new flavor into the world. A stray dog sat down next to him as he trembled with a bottle up his ass, and he swore it shook its head. <laughs> Chapter 3. Guy Fieri was at his daughter's funeral. Just to clarify, is the bottle still up there for Chapter 3? No. Okay. The time's passed. He's not leaving it. Also, you spoke over that. His daughter's dead. Guy Fieri was at his daughter's funeral. 
His daughter was alive in the last two chapters. Yeah, but he mentioned Ralph's in the first one, like it comes straight from Ralph's for chapter two. I was just like, I don't know. As little Grillmaster was lowered into the ground, Fieri swore he'd never stop crying. But between sobs, his brain clocked that something wasn't quite right. The minister had abandoned the traditional ashes to ashes speech and was just reading out the famously bad New York Times review of the Times Square branch of Guy's American Kitchen and Bar. He'd just gotten to the part where it said, When we hear the words donkey sauce, which part of the donkey are we meant to think about? When Fieri tackled him. The minister toppled backwards, got his feet caught under his own cassock, and flopped into Grillmaster's grave like a big man vulture. Fieri was forced to pull him back out, apologising despite himself, as the minister called him a disgrace. Later, at the wake, Fieri was forced to tell his wife he didn't have the ribs, even though they were his daughter's favourite. He couldn't bring himself to tell her why, and she turned away without asking him. He watched as she walked, slowly, to a table full of his daughter's friends. He saw, mutely, as one of his kids asked her for something, and he saw his wife, with a weak smile, pass the child a bottle of barbecue sauce that despite looking <laughs> kicking was in fact full of his own thin shit he was already halfway up the stairs when he heard the screaming <laughs> out of bounds he muttered to himself darkly <laughs> out of bounds <laughs> and that's why he should be so mean to Guy Fieri oh you're cracking up there towards the end that was quite emotional <laughs> with, with real tears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to know how long passed between chapter two and chapter three then. Almost none. He was oh, driving so she, she, home. He just needed a shit on the way back. She So she died on the drive she home. She had died already. And he was getting ribs as a tribute to his daughter. It's a that Steve. Was, that was a twist. It was the whole oh, point. Oh, Ray, so. Did we I know got the it right was, then? Was what? the daughter dead at the very beginning? Yeah. It's oh, I thought she just one wanted day. ribs. This is how bad a day in his life is. Like, his daughter like will have ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. Thank you. you know well, they put the Shyamalan in ding dong, but you put the ding dong at the end of Shyamalan. Titty titty bum bum, titty titty bum, titty bum bum, titty bum, titty titty bum. Hey, Log. What? Are you ill? Yeah, I've got a really heady cold. One side of my entire body. Well, headwise is full of mucus. Mucus. <laughs> um, Why do you ask? Because, like, you I care. assume you were wondering about my illness, which I have had on the podcast publicly, complainingly, for six weeks. I thought you didn't mention it last week. I didn't mention it last week because I thought <laughs> I was mentioning it too much, and I expected someone to chime in and say, "Steve, your long-lasting illness." Is How's it, that going? You seemed better, so I didn't want to ask. Is it a real, is it one that's just been a, a pervasive sense of poorness? I've had a chest infection. Oh, uh, yeah, you do mention that. A, it just shows how much I wasn't paying <laughs> <laughs> It was an a, 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 a upper respiratory viral tract infection of the upper respiratory lung, actually, wow. I was told. And, um, Which lung? All of them. All three? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm feeling much better now. Thank you for asking. I don't feel like it was a competition now. I'm going to up my illness game. Mate, he didn't say he was... Do I sound a little throaty? You sound mucus. Ooh. You sound like... Mucus. Mucus and the Vandellas. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Why is that the only thing I can think of? Hang on, I'm going to just blow my nose see if I can make my ear pop again, because I've been like... There we go. Yeah. No, it didn't work. Make it, make it worse. 
Make it worse. No, no work. Make it worse. I'm blinded now. <laughs> oh, God, shit. All my sentences have juggled. <laughs> I can feel smells. <laughs> I can smell worse. I can smell your feelings. <laughs> Look, hello. Did you once tell me that uh, you knew someone or are someone who um, put a mic, uh, a mobile phone into a washing machine and it yeah. got so twist turned and dizzy that it came out and the screen was upside down. <laughs> this is the true thing. It happened to me myself. It was an old fashioned phone. It was like a Nokia 3310. Uh, so I'm assuming it's a much simpler matter for an old yeah. phone screen to be just flipped upside yeah. down by, because it's dizzy. Because it got spun around so <laughs> much. I love that not only is your story so weirdly like techno whimsical <laughs> but that it's stuck in your head yeah. to that extent that you have exactly the same language as <laughs> he does about it. Well I thought about it because um, my wallet went through the washing machine last night and I took it out and my, on my credit card my signature's written back to front. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right, back no. to front, like mirror image. Yeah. That can't actually be true. It is true. I was looking at it for ages. Like, <laughs> how, the, how has this happened? Are you sure you didn't go through the washing machine and you're not in some sort of mirror world? balls swapped over. <laughs> <clears throat> no, um, I realised after, after some head scratching... <laughs> Um, that it, it had been pressed up against another card and the ink had transferred from one signature, signature strip to the empty signature strip on the credit card, that, creating a mirrored signature. That, that's absolutely insane. Of it. <laughs> and now it's time for Yvette's regular feature. <laughs> and now it's time for Steve's regular frontways feature and this feature is called Food Riddles. Yvette's is Steve, Steve backwards. backwards. Yeah. yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> but Yvette is another name. Yeah, it's true. It's brilliant, isn't it? I just had to explain that to everyone else because it took me long enough to get them, and I'm sure that our readers are thicker than we are. <laughs> <laughs> As you all know, I'm a big fan of food and a big fan of riddles. Correct. Ooh. So I've concocted three food-based riddles for you and the readers at home to solve. Hmm. Riddle number one is called Crepe Mystery. <laughs> you are in a dark room with a crepe, a special rotating crepe stand for decorating crepes, a candlestick, a lantern, a gas hob, and a picture book depicting foreign crepes. To leave the room, you must decorate a crepe in the Bulgarian style and use it to impress your jailer by sliding it <laughs> under the heavy iron door and saying, here's your crepe, you spooky Bulgarian bastard. Now let me out. You have only one match. What do you light first? I'm sorry. I just want to say I'm so glad that we've continued the early Halloween theme of last week <laughs> the by using the word spooky. The word spooky. <laughs> we are in a room with fake spiders webs over at least four things. Yeah. So that's I, good. I like the fact that this bit of pre-spread out fake spiders webs in front of me it just looks like a nice santa's beard it's just a yeah. lovely beard oh uh right what do we like first yeah the jailer you can't reach him he's on the opposite side of the heavy if iron s- but if, if i could slide crepe there, a crepe under there i could light a match and with a dainty fingertip push it under the door Ooh. to get to his 
what I assume are oil-covered Bulgarian boots. <laughs> and his, and his <laughs> gassy thighs. <laughs> they do like to cover their uh, boots in oil exactly. to weatherproof them. Yeah, it lets them do whatever sort of dance they do over there. <laughs> Harsh Bulgarian winters. <laughs> very frictional dances. Yes. So you could roll a crepe up like a kind of crepey fuse <gasps> and slide it under the door and light one end of it. Well. And then run for cover. <laughs> I've tricked you into, into giving us the answer, you idiot. That's uh, not the correct answer. Oh. Am I out? <laughs> if I just say what I like first without saying why, is that good? Everything you say is good. Lantern! No, that's not good. Shit! <laughs> Shit, man! For the first time ever, you, you've said you, a bad thing. You gave me false confidence. <laughs> you made me so full of myself. I will say, because people at home may have said it, that the correct answer to the real riddle that this is based on mm. is you light the match first. Well, so you can oh, see. God. Is it dark? Because yeah. then you can light the other things. Yeah, it's in a dark room. This isn't oh, like a riddle. This things. is a... This is one of those lateral thinking puzzles. Yeah, anyway, that's not the answer I wrote down. Oh, I wrote good. down a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, I imagine being at home frustrated mm. about this. Are these all based on real riddles? Yeah. We're going to have to do two answers to every single one. Uh, you should light the picture book of foreign crepes on fire. As it burns, the toxic smoke from the waxy paper will cause you to asphyxiate and die. Then simply wait for the Bulgarian jailer to drag your lifeless body out of the cell and to freedom. That's actually... Uh. Not far from a normal, boring, lateral thinking puzzle <laughs> answer, where you just go, oh, obviously, that's stupid, that yeah. one. There boring. better be a block of ice in one of these ones coming soon, because that's the only lateral thinking <laughs> object I know how to use. Riddle number two, grape oh. hassle. <laughs> you arrive at the scene of a murder. The victim has been stabbed several times to death, but there is no murder weapon to be found. On the floor by the body, there is a cold, wet grape sitting in a puddle. <laughs> yes! Block of ice! <laughs> Explain how did the body die. How did the body die? <laughs> Log, you seem to know the answer to this No, he, the guy, was, he was teetering on top of a grape. The only thing that was... You're <laughs> using it for balance whilst... Trying to change a light bulb. <laughs> Very slowly changing a light bulb on top of a block of ice. Oh, I thought he was teetering on the grape. So yeah, the light bulb yeah. was the grape only... was on top of the ice bulb. He was using the grape as the last thing that would give him enough height to survive. <laughs> he got on the ice block and was like, oh, just out of reach. What have I got around here? Ignores a bookcase and goes to his grapes. <laughs> just enough. Thank you very much. If he was changing a light bulb on top of a block of ice, he would just very slowly over the course of several hours descend to floor level <laughs> thanks I thanks I ice be wasting these calories um the murder weapon was an icicle with a grape inside it for a snack later on <laughs> okay but the murderer wasn't hungry after his <laughs> uh, final riddle mm. oh fuck i'm done I don't know any more riddles. This one's called Spaghetti What? <laughs> spaghetti changes hardness. Right, keep that in mind. Oh, you're preempting that. Near, near some ice. <laughs> One day in America, a cowboy rode into town on spaghetti and nobody batted an eyelid. Later that day, Spaghetti did a big shit outside a saloon, <laughs> and nobody seemed to mind again. But how? How could Spaghetti do all of this? 
<laughs> Spaghetti was the name of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> So as Steve alluded to in his previous feature, and as, as my, my self-pitying voice is increasingly being to show that I have had a, a bit of a head cold, uh, it's not quite as chesty as your chest infection. Upper viral respiratory tract of the lungs infection, actually. Logs is close. Did you get that off a doctor? Um, yes. Mm, okay. A GP, in fact. Well, tell him to stop re- repeating the word respiratory. It's bad writing style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but mine, I, mine was snot streaming. One, my favourite night with this disease so far has been a night when I was serving at the pub where I had to tilt my entire body backwards while serving oh. so snot did not drip directly into people's pints. I know that feeling. But instead trickled slowly through my facial hair. I have once watched, once watched snot fall in between the gaps in a keyboard oh. and gone, <laughs> well, that's there forever now, isn't it? That's... That. that's in my work, every work I do between, I don't know, the letters one and two <laughs> has some snot in it and it's no good. And I, that's it. That's the rest of my work has oh. been snot. Imagine if you, if you typed with those letters, they come out in the font colour of bogeys. <laughs> it just comes yeah. out in, in an off green. <laughs> yeah, but, some, but less than the snot, once the snot had cleared up, it kind of it turned the mucus went internal, and I've for the last week I've been absolutely sort of like clogged up underwater and deaf in my left ear. But, but um, yeah, so imagine you can imagine how high my eyebrows raised when I started watching <laughs> Daredevil season three, where he be- starts the beginning of season three with a cold, with well, a bad left ear. Lying down in bed where I should be, but I can't because I have to work. Fucking Daredevil. He's, he's all feeling sorry for himself, and I've got to go to work. Oh, but I thought like, Daredevil was deaf in both... Is he, he's, that's his point, He's deaf right? in both eyes, but his ears are super oh. deaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a deaf superhero. <laughs> he's deaf in both eyes, but his ears aren't blind. Right. That's, the, that's the key to Daredevil. Yeah, yeah so, like, I, well, I thought of it through, and I, basically, the beginning of... Daredevil season three, I'm exactly the same as him. Point one. <laughs> we are both deaf in our left ear, thanks to either sinus mucus or a massive season finale injury. Check. Neither of us can fight, thanks to either that aforementioned deafness, aforementioned deafness, I should say, or being a flimsy fat fuck. Check. Also, he's now lying in bed telling a woman who runs an orphanage that they're wasting their time. And that's how I use Twitter. So, brilliant. I'm already pretty much invested in this, how you say, daredevil character. And I'm really impressed when, during this season three, episode one, he uses his nose to do a nasal Sherlock on his... I don't know if she's his girlfriend. I really don't pay attention to... Any TV. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't watched Daredevil se- season three, episode one. So he sniff his girlfriend. Well, she comes in to see him, and he demonstrates his. He comes clean about being Daredevil. I'm. Sh- it's probably a flashback because it doesn't make sense when he, if he's actually in bed recuperating. And he I gives her a big sniff. Yeah, he goes. <laughs> Go, oh. <laughs> and goes. And she's like, "Oh, that's gross, Daredevil." <laughs> Stink of crime. <laughs> he says, "It says, well, your coat smells of curry, and you've had a whiskey." 
And like, what a dick. This makes me think that Stuart's daredevil because he was always asking me if I've had pizza and vodka. (laughs) (laughs) And I always say, fuck off, Stuart. How how could you know? And he just points to the empty vodka bottles and pizza boxes. And I go, that is circumstantial. Where's your smoking gun? (laughs) And he points out the fact that I'm sprawled naked in front of the washing machine, which has all my clothes in it. And he says, you never put a washing load on when you're sober and haven't vodka shit yourself. (laughs) At which point, I just then bang my wrists together as though to say, you got me, slap the cuffs on, MacGruber, and then I fall asleep on the parquet floor and giving the bird in two ineffective directions. (laughs) So, what I want you to know is that my ear popped this morning, so I'm operating at my full daredevil powers again. I say that, they've unpopped again now, so this might not go according to plan. I know. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to try out my new Daredevil Sniffy Sherlock's on you. Oh. <laughs> I hope you're ready, my regular feature bud buds. Mm. I hope I've got some good smells on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with you, Steve. Oh, God. Let's have, have a drink. <laughs> now, sloth the mucus in the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really get the bouquet. <laughs> now, I can, I can really smell something of the dairy about you, Steve. It's like... There's just something very milky going on. The way I see it, you rewarded it yourself at the end of a day of hard work with a pint of milk, and then you thought, oh, I really like that. So you put another pint of milk in your bag for the journey to IGN. You got on the bus, you thought, oh, I could really do with that milk right now. So you popped it open, and you were so excited about more milk that your arm went wobbly and you spilled a bit on your chin. Because there was a woman watching you, you decided to own the mistake. So you went, oops, Butterfingers. But you hadn't stopped dipping milk into your mouth because you were thinking about whether Butterfingers was an an intuitive enough pun to say no pun intended or whether that had just confused the woman. So you ended up just gargling the milk down your chest and into the dense fabric of your jumper. Thinking that skimmed milk could wash out full fat, you emptied your emergency two-litre carton of zero fat onto yourself before suddenly realising that this was your stop coming up. So if my nose isn't mistaken, you jumped up and slid in a big puddle of self-made semi-skimmed milk. In a panic not to miss your stop, you weren't at your most coordinated, so you kept falling over and spinning around, glazing yourself like a cheap pastry. Then you walked to the IGN offices, milk filtering down your vestments and into your shoes. You gave yourself an inadequate rinse in the ladies, and now here you are, filthy and absolutely dripping in body temperature milk. Am I right? I'm afraid you are not. That's entirely incorrect assessment. Hmm. I'm bone dry. And milk-free. Milk-free. Well, that's probably just me then. I did have a glass of milk this morning, <laughs> and it has been repeating on me. I, I thought that was nailed on, because <laughs> Steve does always, <coughs> for some reason, use the ladies in this office. <laughs> and I am drinking bad milk now. This is what it is. And it freaks me out a bit. It's not. It's, it's delicious. a cubicle. You can't but it has the word ladies cubicles. on it. It's got a special Tell word. Tell that to my ass. <laughs> my ass. <laughs> What? <laughs> asses don't know if they're boys' asses or girls' asses. That's the thing about asses. Because the brains are so far away. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why. <laughs> okay, okay, Joe, give me a... I'll try to do you, see if I can get this gone. But like I say, my ear's gone back. Sniff me. 
Yeah, like I say, my ear's gone bad, so I might get it wrong. But before I start, I just need to, you know, thing where your balls go between your legs. Mm, I just need to mm. pull them out from between my legs. I won't be long. Just give us a minute. Okay. Yeah. Talk, oh, you can talk with yourself if you like. You won't take. Uh, be, no, be, I, I know I mean, what it's like. He's gonna. I, I kind of want to. You got to get yourself comfortable before you can oh, really get. I want to know your techs, your techers. And now, okay, I'm ready now. As I attempt to read Joe's recent doings from Smell Alone, I shall adopt my thinking position. That's where I rest my chin on my thumb and my index finger just on the tip of my nose. Which Log has demonstrated for you now, those who are tuned into the live the YouTube webcam. feed on 4K. <laughs> that we in have trained. That we have trained directly on Log and no one else. Now, for a little sniff. Joe. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be blunt about this. You smell of my balls. This is fresh balls too. I well, I say fresh. It's as fresh as it gets down there. The closest analogy I have to which is that of a deserted market stall. <laughs> this is a real mystery because it's not just balls. It's like you took the opportunity to jam your finger into my foreskin using the bagginess afforded to you by the fact that I'm mostly flaccid. And then you used the communal rare oils that you found in the lost recesses of the crinkles and started using them to oil up the bloated head and urethra and giving the hole a playful pick with your fingernail. <laughs> and then it's like, and I don't know how you did this without me noticing, it's like you started pulping the whole soft mess in your clenched fist, trying anything to breathe some life into a lump of meat with no more utility than a wretched key fob. I mean, it's like you were so consumed to produce something from this indistinct pulp that you forgot where you were for a moment before realising that your playful pick at the urethra earlier was a bit too keen and you've drawn, yes, I'm definitely getting the smell of blood here. And that's the point at which you decided to just put it away and get on with your feature. <laughs> Joe, am I right? You think too much of your own abilities if you think that that was my finger. Oh. <laughs> and now I, you know I can't you, It's very impressive that you've managed to intuit all that But my toes are Slathered in your oils <laughs> Slathered Well, it looks like I am Daredevil after all Thank you very much I look forward to seeing you in the season finale I think I, I can get you a wash A, a washcloth and some antiseptic log If you need to uh, Tidy tidy up oh, The last thing you want down your one eye Is a fucking toenail <laughs> Regular features Regular features Regular features Wow what the hell was that? Jesus! <laughs> Goddamn load of great shit! For what a you. big load of horse gravy that was! An episode of the Regular Features podcast. But can you imagine paying for a minute of it? Well, if you can, do it. www.patreon.com/regularfeatures. And if you do it, imagine this: Steve will probably read out your name. Who's been good to us recently, Steve? A lovely chap called Mason Todd who's also a patron of uh, Matt Leeser's um, and his friends' um, the, the, the Ghoul Coasts. Shutting up and sitting down. Oh, okay. <gasps> you know? 
And he told us specifically, Matt's not to get a penny of the regular features Patreon money that comes from him. Is there an easy way of facilitating that? I can, uh, I can put it through the supercomputers to rob Matt of several pounds per month. It's the fruity, the fruity supercomputer. The fruity supercomputer. The rootness dude. Was that it? Mason Todd. Mason Todd. Sorry. Does sound like something that Bob Mortimer would say, and I like it. Only because we know what he means by Todd. Yeah. Todd Mason would be someone who sculpts with shit. <laughs> There's one more in here. He's confused me because he's bloody re-patron that hasn't come through as my and I'm so grateful that he has. <laughs> because Wait, so he, contributions really do who, help. Whoever this upcoming patron is, yeah. quit giving us money and has come crawling back with Yeah, more. that seems to be because maybe he's desperate for his name to be read out. Probably. Did you see the des- the uh Distance in time between the two. Um, I didn't care to look because <laughs> just in case his behaviour disgusted me <laughs> sufficiently. It's like, I'm not tracking you down like a daredevil with his nose. <laughs> Name yeah. and shame, Steve. <laughs> Sean Stalin Stritch. Thanks, Sean Stalin. Wait, Sean Stalin Stritch. Yeah. Didn't we read guy. that name last week? Hello, Joe in the edit suite here. We did read that name, but it was two weeks ago. Sean. Did we? I think you'd fucking remember reading that name. I do. Log. That sounds like a name I've heard in my oh, life. Oh, if I read that last week. You did, Steve. But it was two weeks ago. I think so. Let's just cut this out then. What if Sean Stalin... not getting a double reading. But what if Sean Stalin Stritch gave us money last week, quit, and then gave us money this week to test us. He's just gaming the system. I'm going to read his name out every week if he keeps doing this, because I've got a bad memory. It does sound quite good. <laughs> Imagine if I've misremembered and Sean Stalin Stritch is brand new. Just someone <laughs> whose name was really similar to Sean Stalin Stritch. <laughs> yeah. It is similar to Sean Stalin Stritch, because it is Sean Stalin Stritch. Log. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Sean and Mason, for helping us out. Um, yeah, your, your Patreon money helps us get together and do this podcast. But if you don't or can't or won't, then just rate and review us on iTunes. God, or, it's good. Or pop into my pub like one of my favorite, my new favorite readers did this that last week. was really? very nice. He came into the pub with his beautiful wife. I think they both listened together. And uh, he gave me an origami dog having a shit. And it's like... I don't know what to buy anyone as a gift. And I literally have no idea why anyone would know what to get me. So when someone brings you an origami dog having a shit, you know that someone out there knows you. Certainly more than my own partner, who's never made me an origami dog having a shit. Or my mum, who has similarly come up lacking of trumps. (laughs) I was going to say, what's the opposite of trumps? (laughs) Smelling of not roses. (laughs) Yeah, so Aiden and I, Sophie, thank you very much. You can delight us in many, many myriad ways. <laughs> and we deserve it. We deserve yeah, yeah. none we, of it. We'll turn none of it down because we know we, yeah, well, I'm torn between deserving it and not deserving it. Now, we deserve it. 2-1, we deserve it. Yes! Tune in. Tune in. Suck it, Steve. <laughs> Tune in next week Get where we're going to have the exact same podcast all over again. Because it's regular features. And that's what we do. And that's the joke, which, for some reason, we come to quite lately. 
Goodbye. Sucking on my features like you want to be calling me all the time. I'm trying to check out my frizzy features behind all of the time. Regular features. Regular features. Regular features. Oh!